House of Corpus production. Hey, hey. Hey girl, welcome to the What A Mouthful podcast. I'm your host, Dee. I'm a qualified nutritionist, personal trainer, mindset speaker, and my favorite of all, I'm a mum. Living your best life doesn't have to be a grind, and I'm gonna show you how to achieve a healthy mind and body. And if this episode speaks to you, give a sister a five-star review. This episode is brought to you by Sunny. Okay, you've spent money on good food, but you have this one veggie leftover that you just don't know what to do with. I personally hate wasting food, so what do I do? I just chuck it into the Sunny app search bar, and voila, I have over 400 yummy, healthy recipes at my fingertips, approved by moi, so you know they're good, and more. Wanna subscribe to Sunny too? Use Mouthful15 for 15% off, and never waste good food again. Welcome back to What a Mouthful. This is your host, Dee Zavara. Today, I am joined by the super amazing Tanya Cross. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of how amazing Tanya is. When we say, like, what a mouthful, this is a mouthful, like what she's got going on for her and all of her qualifications. So Tanya is a human behavior and dynamics expert, a master certified D-Martini facilitator and a counselor. And Tanya... I just want to start off with saying thank you so much for joining me. And I'm going to start with the cool story of how we met. Um, obviously, we met through um, through Brent Williams, who is um, the Empower You facilitator. And we actually met doing a spoon bending meditation. We did. We did. Mind blowing. It really was. And, you know, the whole thing so people are probably thinking right now they're thinking you know looking at a spoon and being able to bend it with your mind and we'll get there one day Tanya won't we we will we will yeah we just purely with our minds yes that's course. right that's right um but it was the in the initial meditation because you actually bend the spoon in a meditation it was you were the person who gave me the hope that I could do it and I guess it just is a personification of just who you are in general. Like you are kind of like, you are so disciplined. You are such a success. You are um, so like clear on who you are and what you want. And I think this is going to be an amazing episode for anybody who really just wants to get crystal clear on their purpose and how to be successful. Obviously, success is a little bit different for everybody, but that's kind of what I'm most excited about. And, you know, you help people figure out what they want and then help them get what they want. You've got some massive, like big name, well-known clients that I know we can't say who they are, but people, yeah. if, if you follow me and you like my, my vibe, you will definitely know who <laughs> some of these clients are, especially one person in particular. Um, but yeah, you're just, what I love is you're so disciplined and you're so intuitive. You have this beautiful balance of energies, like the masculine and feminine energy, um, and I really just want to um, start by saying, yeah, thank you so much for your time because I know people are going to get a lot out of this episode. So Tanya, how do we get crystal clear on what we want? It's a great question, Dee, because, you know, the questions, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask and also the quality of answers that you provide to, hey. So essentially, if we're looking at, getting crystal clear on what you want there's a few components i'd say there's two main things that you would look at first of is you'd have to know who you are like if you want to know what you want you have to understand who you are as a person or who you are as an individual and what is really important to you what are your priorities because there's been four questions that we as humans have been asking since the dawn of time which is um who are we why are we here where are we going and where have we been these are like the the, the um questions that have we've pondered for a really long time mm. and so if you really know who you are you know what's priority for you you know then what decisions to make you know what's aligned with with where you want to go because so often people have no idea um, who they are and they get they get really caught up in other people's stuff I know for me I'm a, I'm a mum that's definitely one of the things that I feel I identify with and I own you know I have um, a love for personal development and I've had that for a really long time and I know that that's not going to go away so it's it's almost like embedded in who I am mm, yeah. I have a, a high value on health and well-being and and that again has stemmed from 
my dad being quite ill when I was young and, and just realizing the value of health. And when you have health, you have life and you have opportunity in life as well. I love that. So these are kind of like certain things um, that I know to be me and be true of me and who I am, that it's not going to, it's not going to change. I've also had a, a, like a drive inside of me for, um, for a long time to have, to be of service to humanity a little, like when I was young and this may be seem like, um, you know, a little bit weird to some people, but I used to, I used to admire Mother Teresa as my like idol when I was growing up. I and mean, we didn't, we had a very different life, you know, growing up in the eighties, right? <laughs> but she used to be the the one that I would aspire to be, to be able to travel the world and to heal, heal people. And so that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So, so she, she became like an, uh, someone that I would, I would look up to. And so in a way it, um, when you have a really solid sense of identity and who you are, then you become the same anywhere you go. So mm -hmm. if you if you would meet me in a work environment versus a home or with friends, I'm the same no matter what. And so sometimes what can happen with some people is we have a tendency to kind of morph and change depending on who we're around. And then that mm -hmm. becomes, we almost lose our identity and who we are depending on um, our crowd of people that we're surrounded by. Yeah. So we want to essentially have a really solid understanding of what, who we are first in order to know what you want. Mm. Then the next is we, you know, and sometimes one of the toughest things, cause we live in a society and when we live in a society, there's other people's wants and needs as well. And so sometimes we can just end up, you know, being in the stream of what everyone else wants for us. And we lose our way in terms of what is really important to us. So becoming, aware of is what you want what you want or is it what other people want for you such a good question so i had one oh you go it's no such a good question because mm, i had one client who she really struggled with knowing what she wanted because she had another authority figure with inside of her business that was really telling essentially telling her what to do and giving her direction what 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 they needed to sell what product was going to um you know be fit best fit for them but wasn't what they they was truly inspired by and so they were then ended up being pressured in by the outside world with what they should be doing then they're also going with what the market wanted for them for as well because for example covid's changed the way that we do business and therefore they were trying to fit into a covid market as opposed to a market that was truly for them yeah. or for for this individual and so what happens is you can end up drowning your own inner voice when you listen to all the outer voices it's so it's so hard to know what you want when you're considering what everyone else wants of you so it's almost um, you know, first and foremost, like untangling everything in what the other people's expectations, getting really clear on who you are, then you get to know what it is that you want. Okay. So Tanya, I'm a listener of this episode. I'm like, yes, I need to figure out who I am. What are my stable qualities? Who am I on a consistent basis? And who do I want to show up in? Uh, sorry. Who do I want to show up as in my world, in all different environments? What actual practical things do I have to do? Do I, do I sit down? Do I journal? Do I, is there a website you can direct me to? Is there, is there an exercise we can go through now so people can like pause it, go grab a journal or a notepad and a pen? Of course. So uh, the best way I know how to really get to know who you are is Dr. Martini, who's been my, my mentor for a very long time. He has created a um, Demartini value determination process. So it's essentially 13 questions to look at, you know, with a fine tooth comb and do a lot of introspection to, to what you value in your life. Because we're constantly making decisions on what is greatest priority. We're choosing this over that or in, in our everyday life. And so these set of questions gives you an opportunity to ask, you know, what do you, what do you, what are you spending your time in most? What are you, what are you energized by most? What are you talking about most? Because these are certain aspects that will show us what us out what we value. So you can jump onto his website, which is um, drdmartini.com, and then forward slash values. So that will take you to the thirteen questions, and that'll give you an an an. Um, uh, hierarchy of values at the end which will basically show who you are like for me my number one value is facilitating 
it's it's my number one thing. I spend majority of my time, my energy. I'll um, have conversations with people about. I'll learn about in that particular, you know, in human behavior. And so it gives you. And so some people it might be finances. That's their their thing that you know that they identify with. Some people identify just with being a mum, which is cool too. Um, some people are health practitioners. So everyone has a different set of like have a different hierarchy of values. And it will basically be. In a nutshell, if you say, this is what I'm about, your friends, family, people around you will go, yeah, that's you. So essentially, that's the, I think the fastest way if you're wanting to really get to know who you are is to follow that process and, and um, see what it comes out as. Okay, so you're saying identify your values using these preformed questions that kind of give you a, like kind of spit out a profile. Mm-hmm. And then using that, you can use that to, I guess, identify obviously what you value, but then figure out from that point on what you should be doing. I mean, I guess as well, like what if you get results that you're like, oh, I don't really want that to be my value. I guess, is that a reflection then on, okay, maybe I have to change my environment or my mindset? You could. I mean, there are, if some people have a hierarchy of values that they may see, yeah, and then may, they may go, oh, I'd love, I don't, wealth didn't even sit on there and I'd love to put wealth on there or gee, I think family is a bit too high and business is a bit too low. I want to jig that around and have that higher. So business becomes a higher priority. There are exercises that you can do, which we call um, like linking. So essentially it's linking and bridging um, bridging the gap between one thing and another. Mm. So if, for example, you go, you know what, I want to have businesses higher on my values and my priorities and, and what I who I am and what I'm about, then you just have to ask a simple question, which is what's the benefit of what's the benefit of me focusing on business for my family yeah. or whatever is your number, whatever is higher on your value list. And so you're like, okay, so that's an interesting question because most of the time people don't go and focus on business, for example, because family is so important. They're putting their time, energy, money, resources into it, but they're like, gosh, this isn't as fulfilling as what they know business would be but they feel guilty they feel shame they think they should society tells them that they should be spending more time with family you know so then then linking and looking the benefits to the family of you investing time into business i.e you're more energized you have something that you're aspiring to to do in life they see you set a goal and achieve it so the you know your kids get inspired by that you know, it gives you something extra to talk about that's outside, you know, the, the normal run of the meal daily stuff. And so then you have this, like, and you link so many benefits to family that you're like, I can't not do this anymore. I have to go do this for my family. And so then there's no guilt about it because you're like, actually, this is a huge benefit for my family instead. And so I- there's just questions that you can ask to shift them. And I mean, obviously you opened with, you know, the quality of questions determines the quality of our life. You know, if we ask good quality questions, we're able to get a better life. Like people might think, well, how does like me asking questions to myself equal a better life? But it's through this process. And what I think would be interesting for you to share with us is when people say they, they do this, you know, they figure out what their values are using the, um, the website you just shared with us. And they recognize that what their values are and what their life looks like is not aligned. You're sort of saying make almost like a pros and cons list, but you, you said it in such a good way. Cause I, I love your, your specific question. What's the benefit of doing this or, ch- or changing the way that I do this? Because do you find that for a lot of people it's guilt and just what other people think that stops them from you know, kind of living life in alignment? Because essentially that's what we're talking about, right? We, we're looking at what are our values and then we're like, okay, these are our values. So my life should really reflect my values. That would be alignment for me. But then the, the, the actions that they're taking are not matching those values. So do, yeah. yeah, what what do you find are the big blockers there for people? Well, I definitely, I definitely from the work I've done with people, I definitely see that um, – what we might call subordination, you know, subordination to what society wants of you, subordination to what family members or what you think your parents or your your, your spouse wants of you or your kids want of you. And so definitely there's a element of subordination or just other people's expectations, same, mm. same thing. So I definitely see that as, a, um, as a, one of the reasons why people don't go after what they want. When um, you say subordination... 
do you mean <laughs> that their worth is devalued and they sort of think that it's it's a how do I say this I guess yeah it's like it's like they're not worthy enough of going against what they think is best for society what they think society wants is that kind of what you're saying with subordination well I mean there's degrees of subordination there can be such a like do it that they there's no worth within them because they just subordinate everything to outside authority but there's other ones which is like you feel like you have to walk a little bit more carefully around people because you don't want to upset them. And therefore, you know, if you then, for example, went and did more business instead of family time, people would get upset. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, subordination is then just one, potentially not being comfortable with challenge and people challenging you. And so you're like, you're a bit more of a people pleaser Mm -hmm. than being a comfortable with challenge so it's like you're being challenge adverse and you'd rather just make other people happy even though internally you're pissed off yourself yeah like you just don't want confrontation you just like avoid Mm. it yeah yeah so um but everything's feedback at the end of the day the quality of your life is determined by the quality questions you ask and quality of answers that you provide so it's all feedback as well so it means that if you get feedback and you go gosh i really feel like i'm playing small or i'm really walking on eggshells around people or i really feel like i'm you know not getting what i want and i'm giving other people what they want it's just feedback hmm. it's just an opportunity for you to now go hang on what do i what do i want now yeah what what do i really want you know, sometimes people ask when they ask the question, what do I want? They ask, answer the surface level question and they're like, I want more money. Hmm. And then you ask the question again, no, what do you, what do you, what do you really want? And they're like, I want more freedom. No, what do you really want? Uh, I want, you know, a more fulfilling relationship. No, tell me what do you really, really want? And there's a, like almost like a dropping down with what, we think we start off in our head of all the things that we think that we want, but then we actually get down to the truth of what we truly want. So if someone's to ask that same question, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? No, what do you really want? No, what do you really truly want? It will, it will come down. There will be a moment in time of asking that question where you'll actually get down that will take away all the noise, all the outside influence and actually get clear on what it is that you truly want. Yeah, it's like the like the deepest layer to the onion. It's like the core. You get to the real heart of mm. what you're actually wanting. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, this is interesting that you bring this up because I'm not like trying to big know myself, but is this why I get blocked in visualizing what I want? And and I say that I say that because you know I've tried many times to make a vision board, and I I actually struggle to sit there and go I want to visualize this car this jet plane this boat like I really do struggle with that and like feel free to school me um you know to make a model out of me like you know to to really get to like you know maybe there's some limiting self-beliefs that I have or something like that but I'm I wonder do I do I just kind of bypass that stuff because I know that that's not going to make me happy and I'm just trying to get to like the core of what I really want or do you feel as though maybe there's something in my mindset that you know that there's something else that needs to be addressed because I just I find it hard to go okay I want the car I want that like I want the stuff the material stuff hmm not saying it's bad if people want that if you want that sometimes it can be like a real like um representation of you know you're like it can be like a reward you know you've worked so hard or it's a it's a i guess a symbol of you know your hard work and sacrifice and labor like i totally get that but for me i just find it really difficult so okay so okay well there's multiple layers one is is that what you really want like because I'm asked because if you're trying to visualize something that goes against kind of what well not necessarily goes against but it is not aligned with who you are mm. maybe that's potentially why you're struggling to visualize something because it's like you trying to visualize living in I don't know like Rwanda in a hut and you're like gosh I've got to visualize it but you're like I can't seem to visualize that because it's not what you want yeah do you know what I mean Mm. and so it's it's like so foreign to you that you can't even and so maybe is there a part of you that thinks that's what you should want because that's what influences and people out you know some people are about that not not saying that it's a good or bad thing it just it's just what some people love 
yeah. but it's like do you really want it I mean yeah it's it's a good point because no I don't really want it because I don't think it's going to fulfill me but I also can't marry up in my brain how I could not have that stuff but also be successful and financially free I'm like aren't people who are financially free just don't they just have that stuff isn't that just like you know they can afford it so why wouldn't they have it kind of a thing well I um, I have one client of mine who he sold his company for $18 million and he um, didn't even buy new pair of shoelaces even though his shoelaces were broken. So, I don't know. Do I like think? that. Right, me too. That was, yeah, I did, I did, because I finally asked him one day, I was like, do, I just have to ask after many sessions, I was like, I just have to ask about your shoes, like, What's the go, please? Like, enlighten me. You clearly have money, but you don't. And he's just like, oh, the time it's going to take me to go and get a pair of shoes when I don't really even need it, it's fine. Wow. So, so, so we might think that um, we even have, like, for example, that I just can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that owned IKEA or who mm. um, founded IKEA, he used to fly economy when he traveled everywhere and he would drive in a $20,000 car that he bought in the 19, like 80s or 90s. And he drove that for like years and like decades. Yeah. So, and so even though he had, you know, he could have had a very opulent lifestyle lifestyle he chose not to use his money for lifestyle he chose to use it for for wealth creation and which is different for sure and and it's funny it's like it's the same thing that I talk to Gus about I'm like don't you propose don't you buy me an engagement ring until we've we've bought that house like you know because I'm I think to myself what would be the biggest you know benefit to us would be well you know it would be better to have you know investment properties than to spend that same money on that would have been a deposit on an engagement ring like I don't need to be married to know that you're not going to go anywhere like that to me it doesn't really mean anything Uh, not anything I shouldn't say anything but just it doesn't my priorities are just different um Mm. so yeah so that's really interesting I love I love that and I think what it probably is because these are such good questions is I don't maybe or haven't found a role model for me who's in a similar situation to me who like acts that way you know like you know somebody like that you're you're also like that you know you're just very humble and modest um and don't need to you know have flashy things and expensive things like um and I'm sure that you would would because you can afford them but like you know you don't it's not a matter of like needing to go oh look what I've got look what I've got and I think what I forget is that and what what listeners will will be able to to know is like you can be that person just because there's nobody out there specifically that you closely relate to who like lives a very similar lifestyle to you who has you know financial freedom but also drives a Hyundai i30 that's 10 years old um you know like maybe maybe it's like you know what d you can be that person and it's and that you've just really given me an aha moment that is a mindset you know, a limiting mindset that I have, that I have created this story that I can't have, have both, you know, Mm. I, you know, like I have to have a nice car otherwise, well, how does it fit into, you know, my life to have a, you know, just a, an average car and also be financially free. Like for me, I think it's just, it's, I can't marry that up in my head yet, but yeah, that's a real, that really, okay. Well, yeah. Let me let me let me share a couple of stories. So one is, so um, I um I had one client. He had a ten million dollar business. So built um, and you know I was there at the the meeting in which they were growing and they they set the target of ten million and and then achieved it. So that was like epic. You know mm. to be able to grow a business from zero to ten million is like unbelievable in terms of being able to grow it you know from a mindset because you know a million dollar business is different from a 10 million dollar business so they're like constantly growing and evolving and then because the market changed and a lot happened they lost everything and therefore they also lost their social connections their status they lost their you know privileged you know in what they perceived as a privileged lifestyle you know and they had to go back and live with their parents again with teenage kids and so, and then it's like, who are you if you don't have all of this stuff around you anymore? 
like if you identify with all the stuff and that makes you who you are because these are all the things you wanted and that's that's you know it makes you so much whatever better that we can sometimes get lost in that i that new identity and then if it is taken away for, for if it happens to be we can really struggle with it and so we don't want to have to wrap our identity up in in all of this stuff it's like can you be solid in who you are regardless where you are in the world and what you have around you and another one is so i had one one client who had all of that who had all the the luxury stuff and said well if i get to this goal i'm going to be so much happier my life is going to be so much better blah 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 but you know what it didn't didn't change it Mm -hmm. they were actually sadder for having all of this money and all of this stuff around them you know, and home loan free, you know, like money coming and flowing in through the doors and, but not happy anymore. Mm. So it's like, it doesn't buy, all that stuff doesn't buy you happiness. Like as cliched as that is, it's like we, we, we should, we could focus on fulfillment rather than trying to strive, you know, for happiness because we think if we get what we want, we're going to be happy. Well, actually what happens if we focus on getting what we want to become fulfilled with what we do? And it's more about what we do rather than what we have. For sure, for sure. You brought up a really good point earlier as well because, I mean, I would imagine for that client of yours, it would be the guilt that they didn't feel good and they had all this stuff, you know, that was kind of the thing that made them like sadder and and not feel so great. I I think if I was in that situation and and I kept a consistent mindset of like, when I get to X, I will feel Y. Getting all that stuff, it would just show me, wow, I thought I would feel this way, but I just don't feel any different. It's like, you have to change the mindset before you get to the stuff. Like, because if you get to the stuff and you have the same mindset, well, you just, it's never going to be enough anyway. Mm. So I think, you know, that's, it's really, but the thing is, is that we all do it in some way. We all, in some small way, we think, oh, you know, I always think this is so, so silly. And it's like, I have this weird, like I am obsessed with the sun, like the sunshine. Oh my gosh, it's the best of me. I'm always like, when it's a sunny day, I'm going to be in a better mood. And I am always in a really good mood when it's sunny. But like, that is just, no, this is not every day and all the time, but it's just like one little example I could think of that is like insignificant, but that same mindset can still translate to bigger things where you're like, I'm going to wait for this external thing to change before internally I you know, allow myself to feel a certain way. Because at the end of the day, like, is it right to say that what we're just trying to achieve is the feeling that we think is attached to the thing? For sure. And then most people are going, well, I need all of that stuff on the outside world to then make me feel how I feel. But that's powerful to be able to go, like, create how you feel now. It's like, if you want to do and have all of this stuff, why don't you become it first? rather than than feeling like you've got to have it first. Yeah. How would you suggest somebody do that? Like again, what are some what are the practical steps you would think to get there? And you can like fast pace it, but for like mm. people who are really like for people who are listening going this is this is a paradigm shift for me. I've never thought this way before and they're just kind of beginners into this whole realm, what would you suggest for them? Okay. So essentially, if they're looking at, so more becoming, so this part of, so my, my, my mentor, Dr. Martini, he has a process which is phenomenal in terms of helping us to level up essentially. Mm. And so it's, there's one, one principle in the methodology that he teaches, which is you don't see the world as it is, you see the world as you are. Mm or the world is your mirror, essentially, it's constantly holding up a mirror to you. So if you see someone out there doing something amazing and, you know, phenomenal out there in the world, that that's actually just your reflection. It's what you it's what you haven't yet owned within you. And so essentially, what you want to do is wake up a greatness inside of you you want to become the things that you that you are somewhat disowning because you're like oh i'm not wealthy or i'm not you know um i'm not articulate or i'm not whatever to go and do the things i want to do or have certain things that i want to have so if you actually got to own and say where do you have it where do you where are you know if it's for example if you want to 
feel wealthy, but you currently don't have a income enough to, um, to match that, you go, okay, well, where am I wealthy? And so you go and own wealth inside of you. Maybe you have a wealth amount of friends. You have wealth in, in time. And so you go and see your form of wealth that you go, you know what? I'm actually really wealthy. It's just not in the cash form right now. And so you wake it up inside of you and go, oh, that's really amazing. Or if you perceive someone to be articulate with their delivery of of information, for example, and you go, gosh, I know that if I had that, that would bring in more money and that would give me more opportunities. So you go, gosh, I want to be more articulate like that particular individual. Then you go, where are you? So rather than denying it inside of you and saying, I don't have it, actually the quality of your life is determined by the quality questions you ask and the quality of answers you provide. So go look for the answer. Go look where you are actually um, articulate, for example, and go, yeah, there's actually multiple times in multiple you know, settings throughout your whole life that you have been really clear and articulate like them. And you've just got to stack up more and more moments that you actually feel like you end up becoming that, that the same, almost, the same as that individual. <laughs> yeah. Like almost like proving to yourself that over throughout your history or your life, mm. you have been like that in, yeah. in ways. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause then you, instead of disowning it, you identify with it. And that's the thing. Like you speak to someone who has, um, you know, who know, really knows what they want. They're really articulate with what they want. They have certainty with what they want. They go for what they want. And so they're just, they, they have a, there's a different mindset versus someone who goes, gosh, I never get what I want. You know, I kind of, you know, I get the, the last straw and it's, you know, it's, it's, my life isn't that great. There's a whole different mindset versus someone who goes after what they want. And the person who has that kind of self berating mindset of like, I don't have it. I, you know, I can't do it. One thing that you have always been really consistent with in your messaging, having known you now for quite some time or, well, I feel like COVID makes me feel like I, time is very warped. So maybe not actually that long, but I feel like I know you very well, is that you, you're really good at being able to pull judgment away, you know, mm. from a situation. Like, of course, we're human. We have these human emotions, but you're so good at, and you use the word neutral. So I actually watched you do a process called hot seat at Empower You Camp. And a lot of people were very triggered by this and really uncomfortable with it. But it, I thought it was the best thing ever because you do not grow inside your comfort zone. So if it's uncomfortable and you're triggered, this is a good thing, you know, like, I, and it's all about reframing it and things like that. But but you're just watching you do that process and, and having, you know, neutral thoughts around what once was very emotionally deep for someone was really interesting to watch. And yeah, I think the thing that I keep learning from you is how to pull judgment out of the situation. You know, like you said, if you don't have the stuff, well, go and find the evidence in your life. But if, even if the evidence is not there, you just look at it and say, okay, haven't done that yet. But yet, there's nothing to say that you can't do it because, uh, you know, within everybody, we have this capability to own the things that we're seeing in other people that we admire, right? For sure. Definitely. You, have the, you ha definitely have the capability. But our emotions are the, the very thing that will end up eroding us from getting what we want because we get so distracted in it. Well, you think about something that we were pissed off about how much time do you spend ruminating about it, talking about it, talking with other people about it, you know, and, and it costs you physical health wise. It costs you mental health wise. It costs you relationships. It's costing you. And so if we then get so distracted by all this emotion, how are you actually getting what you want in your life? Yeah. Because it's all this noise. So the more, um, neutral we can be, it, which is equilibrated, which is more like, um, you know, a middle path, the less, the more we can focus on our end goal and our mission and what's most important to us and less time getting distracted with this outside noise. It's the same thing. Instead of less distracted with whatever everyone wants of you, you're less distracted with the emotion the, that, that essentially you create anyway, because your perceptions of how you perceive the outer world actually create how you feel. Because if you want to feel angry, 
let me just ask you, what are you angry about? And let me ask you, what else, what, what, what else makes you angry about that? What else makes you angry about that? Tell me more about that. Let me, let me stack up all the, 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 the shitty reasons that's happened. And you'll be so angry, you'll be fuming. Um, the same with if you tell me if you're sad, well, tell me all the other things you're sad about. And what else are you sad about? What, you know, that's our perception that actually makes you feel sad. It's not, no one else makes you feel anything but you and your perceptions. So if we can essentially look for the other side. So if something we see is really challenging, what the blessing is, that just helps to equilibrate a lot of our emotions that we feel. And so we can stay steady and focused in our path and not get distracted by the outside, the outside noise or the, the emotions that can end up running us. And that's not to say not to feel because I know, of course, you know, we're human, we have emotions, but I think it's, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way because it's distracting you and just it's limiting you from being the person who you are meant to be and doing the things that you want to do because you're just stuck in this kind of chronic emotion that you haven't, that you haven't kind of uh, processed. Yeah, so there's not like, so yes, it's like feelings of feedback and you want to, you want to embrace the feelings and you want to embrace the feedback. It's not saying never feel anything ever again, because that would be an empty life. Feelings are actually sometimes the very thing that spark insights and emotion and, you know, ideas and, yeah. and, and so there are, there, there's a, there's an upside to emotions too, but it's, it is that stuckness. It's the one, it's the ruminating over something over and over again, that actually is, is challenging for people. So it's about, it's about being able to move more through it more effortlessly and not get stuck in it. Yeah, awesome. Oh, love it, love it. What is the one most important lesson that we must all learn for success? Obviously, success is different to everybody, but if you were to give us one most important lesson. Okay, this may blow your mind, so I hope it's okay. Oh, please blow my mind. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Okay, cool. So many people focus on success, but when they get there, they realize it's not really success because there's another bar that they have to go and achieve and then another bar after that. And sometimes with success, it's all this like built up, like kind of energy. I'm successful if I fit, you know, like I thought, how funny is this? Like, I thought if I, I, I had my degree, my Bachelor of Applied Social Science and Counseling, I did my master, my, my, my specialty in um, adolescent and crisis counseling, I thought I would, I would know some stuff when I finished my degree and I would feel smart. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's coming? I got, that was, that's my determinant of success. I got there and it was like, I don't, I, this, I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know nothing. I'm like, I've got so much. I actually, I, I'm at the beginning of my, my journey, not the end. So I was like, well, I used to think when in my, like when I was like 18, I got my first phone and it was a flip phone. Mm. I thought that was success. Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought, I thought I've made it because I've got a flip phone. Did you have a Motorola? You know, Is that what you had? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know flip it out it's like that's super cool I've made it I, I, I thought I'd made it when I had a car that had electric windows because I didn't have to like wind the thing down I was like I've made it now and it's like no this isn't it that this isn't success either and so you know like so each time I kind of get to that level of success or people maybe have um similar similar stories it just it just it just feels sometimes it doesn't feel as like it feels a bit empty or there's like success, but there's so much more that you could um, be growing in, in. So I'd say that there'll be two things. One is have that like continual mindset of like what's next, because instead of getting complacent and going, you know, you're working towards your goals and this is what I want. This is what I want to achieve. When we get to that goal, we can become a little bit like sit on the couch and not work, do anything more because we kind of get it the goal. So it's like stepping up and having the next goal when we're getting close to it. Well, what's the next goal after that? So we're, we have this um, continual growth leveling up mindset, which is very inspiring because then you, 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 as long as you're appreciating the, the, you know, the little successes along the way. Yeah. Um, and then also maybe consider focusing on fulfillment. There's a difference between success and film fulfillment. Success can be fleeting. It can kind of come and go, but fulfillment something that like inside of you is like a fire that builds and burns and continues to burn brighter and brighter and brighter. And if we can, if we could focus 
a life on creating a fulfilling life that's really meaningful and whatever's meaningful like it might be um, for Rose Kennedy it was raising a family of world leaders you know for someone else it might be you know um, you know having creating a yoga practice you know studio or a health and well-being um, you know facility for people to come to or for someone else it might be just you know fulfilling for them is is, is sharing their knowledge and wisdom with people so everyone has a different it's different fulfillment mm. but it's like if we can focus on that you know that opens your heart that you know, you get to you get to share and there's like there's not that up and down like journey it's a continual upward journey awesome yeah i mean i think i think a growth mindset is important but yeah it's like if you don't if you 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 can get in stuck in that loop and i've had a little bit of this and i've sort of caught myself early on it thankfully but yeah you just go oh sweet okay i know i'm capable so what's next what's next what's next you don't celebrate the wins um, something that I'm trying very hard to get better at, but I love that. I love that shift from success to fulfillment. It's like, why is fulfillment so much more valuable than success? Because I think what we perceive success to be is just this, like, I got the thing, I achieved it. It's like a, it's like a tick box. Whereas fulfillment is like a, I guess, I guess a way of life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It has, it's, it's like almost if you were to set one, you know, one major thing that you wanted to achieve in your life and that would be so fulfilling that you could, you know, on your deathbed say, you know, I'm so glad that I, I did that, that one thing that's fulfilling. And then that become a goal that you focus on and that you, that you want, but it, but it's not like how many cars you had or, you know, you know, but it's something that's really deeply, deeply meaningful. For sure. For sure. Speaking of that one thing, obviously it's nowhere near as deep as on your deathbed, what you're like super proud of yourself for. But in terms of health and a health point of view, I know that, like you've said, health is one of your high values. What is a health hack? And it can be physical, it can be mental. That was a game changer for you, like a turning point for you in your life. Um, all right. So I would have to say... I'm going to take this from my mentor and he has a quote, which is um, the vitality of your life is directly proportionate to the, vit- the, the vividness of your vision. So the vitality of your life is directly proportionate to the vividness of your vision. So when you have a really clear vision of what you're wanting to achieve in your life, you know, and you're really inspired by it, you don't think about being tired and you don't think about, you know, you don't think about, you know, like your illnesses and your, you know, issues that you have because you've got such a bigger, you know, your purpose is greater than you. Mm. And so sometimes what can happen is if we're just thinking about ourselves and our body and our life, we kind of notice all the pain points and the challenges and the issues that we have and, and, and where things are not going well. But when we have, when we think about a bigger purpose, you know, that we're doing for, you know, humanity or for your community or for your family, whatever it is for you, that it gives us so much more energy that runs through us. And that gives us life. Like that's going to promote health and well-being because we're inspired. So shift, shift in focus. So shift in mm. focus, you think? Yeah. Mm. And I think that's great because especially if people are listening to this and they're someone who, who lives with especially chronic pain. Mm shifting that focus to I guess it's it's away from more kind of negative um you know instead of focusing on the pain you know everything that comes with the pain it's like if you shift your focus to something that is like a compelling future or a compelling idea then it's almost like it's a good distraction like we were talking earlier about how distract like emotions can be sometimes a, a, like a negative distraction it's almost like it's a it's a positive distraction like it takes your mind off the thing that you're going through maybe physically and sort of gives you more like motivation and inspiration well yeah it, it's 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 something outside of you that's purposeful that gives you focus and so that is gonna that's gonna have a but that's gonna have a ripple effect onto your finances because you're more inspired you're gonna be more magnetic so it's gonna attract more people to you you're gonna have more health and well-being because you love what you're doing and you're not focused on your body as much as anymore you're gonna have and meet meet new people because because of the magneticness to you so it just has a ripple effect onto all areas of life we love the upward spiral 
That's Don't what we, we want. <laughs> <laughs> a question from uh, one of our community members for the Water Mouthful podcast, Georgie P from Perth, would like to know, so you're going to help me answer this for Georgie, how do we establish good habits and routines? Okay, so first of all, you got to get clear about what that habit actually is. So some people will say that um, in order to create a habit, you've got 21 days. It's really... I mean, some people it may be 100 days and some people it may be four days, but essentially it's the wiring in your brain that you're wanting to create as a habit. So essentially, if you can help promote, if you've got something you want to do, whatever that is, let's say, for example, a habit is that you want to, I don't know, put more money into savings. Let's let's say that as a habit. Um, and so, and you're like, I'm not doing, you're not doing any of that or very little of that at the moment. You wanted to make it a, a daily habit or a weekly habit or a monthly habit. When you get paid, you siphon some of that off. So what you can do is you can just put a post-it note to remember so that you, you know, you manually have to remember it, or you can do some mindset work to actually promote you to actually even think about it in the first place. Oh, okay. Because if you haven't, if you haven't linked it in your mind of why doing that habit is important, you may just choose all the other, the, the default habit that you have instead spending money, for example. So in order to wire your brain differently, you have to make a connection and create a link. So essentially you want to ask whatever the habit you want to do, how is it going to benefit me? Mm. What's the benefit to me in all aspects of my life for me to do this new habit? And so if it's to save, what's the benefit of saving? What's the benefit to my family to save? What's the benefit to my my health and well-being to save? What's the benefit to my my long-term life to save and then you stack up so many benefits you actually you you take what is you know a mind exercise and you actually will physically feel like oh my gosh i just want to save now or when money comes in the door you go oh i'm going to save it so your actions follow through on your new mindset so that's when you know that you've done enough linking because you just naturally want to go do that people do that with health with eating as well they don't want to they want to start eating whatever healthy food, you know, or, you know, certain foods. What's the benefit of eating healthy food? What else is the benefit of eating healthy food? Benefit, 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 or juicing, whatever it is. And they stack up so many benefits. They're just like, I've, I can't not do this anymore. The same as what we talked about earlier. So that's going to make a massive difference into creating the habit because now you've got a bigger why. You've got a bigger reason why you would actually go do that habit in the first place. Um, and then it becomes about just consciously remembering to do it and then building that pathway that it becomes automatic for you instead of having to think about it. Because we've got different stages in which the brain works. And one is, you know, sometimes we're unconsciously incompetently doing something, but we want to become consciously you know, we, we become consciously competent at doing something until it becomes so unconscious. We're not even thinking about, say, for example, saving or eating healthy food because it's such a way of life. You're like so competent at it and you're not even having to think about it anymore. That's essentially when you know your habit is so well formed. But in the beginning, it takes work. So we also want to embrace the, the what we might perceive as a failure, i.e. overspending or eating junk, you know, eating, you know, food that wasn't aligned with it in our plan or whatever the habit, you know, doing something that's off the habit because our road and our growth to, um, our growth path is never linear. It's mm. never an upward trajectory. It, we take two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, five steps back. And then we just, oh, but over time we keep on moving forward and then allow yourself the freedom sometimes to just fail at, at, at it but it isn't like you're a bad person now you've done something wrong and you shouldn't be like it's not all this judgy judgy stuff inside of you it's like use the tools you know in terms of the dissolving emotion that I gave you before finding finding the benefits of whatever you just did if you did a habit that you didn't like what's the benefit and then that will help to dissolve the emotion and you can just go back okay start back again today so the questions create the link, like the questions mm. around what's the benefit, what's the cost, but mostly what's the benefit, we want to mm. keep it positive, is what creates the links in the first place. And then those links create such a compelling why that that's the motivation to kind of embody it and then become it and then have it actualize in your real life. Yes. Awesome. Because we have, we have control over three things, which is our perceptions, decisions and actions. So if you want some of your actions to change and you want to make different decisions, you need to change your perceptions around things. It absolutely so all starts in the mind, doesn't it? Mm. Always. Mm. And then and one little small thing I'd add to, to what you said, because 
at first, the creation of a habit is like really manual. It feels very clunky until you're on autopilot. I use alarms like there is no tomorrow until <laughs> until at that time of day, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm forgetting something. And then I remember the thing that I have to do. So like, if you need to set an alarm to drink water, if your you know, goal is to feel more hydrated and more energetic, whatever it, it might be, you've got a phone, you've got a little like reminder there for you. So like utilize your Google calendar, you know, your, your clock on your phone, your alarms and all that sort of stuff. There's no shame. Um, I've gone through many phases of life where I just have like 40 alarms like a day. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, this is the one, this is the person I want to be. I'm going to basically fake it till I make it. My alarms remind me to do the, the things that I know that will get me there. And then eventually I'm on autopilot and I just embody those things and it just it comes naturally and then I become the person that I wanted to be based on those little activities that I knew were going to help me get there so I love very inspiring yeah stop it (laughs) um okay well Tanya that is everything I really well not everything I wanted to talk to you about my my goodness I could talk to you for for not not even hours or weeks or months or years we could talk about this stuff because I just I love how passionate you are about personal development and um, being able to you know kind of be your best self in your everyday life so I love so much that you've spent all this time with me and sharing this with the listeners I know for sure this is going to hit home for a lot of people so you know if there's anybody in your life who you feel as though needs a little reminder on you know not worrying so much about the stuff and focusing more on the fulfillment. Um, you feel like they've lost their way a little bit with that or they just need a little bit of a pick-me-up. I think this would be an awesome little personal pep talk for them um, in identifying you know, who they are and what they want in life. So where can people find you if they've just loved you? you know, can they work with you one-on-one? Can you give us a little bit of a direction around that? For sure. So, I mean, the best way to go is if you go to my website, Tanya Cross, I'm spelled with a Y, uh, dot com and you'll be able to find um, I do both group coaching and private coaching so you'll be able to find the information there in terms of what I do amazing thank you so much for coming on the podcast Tanya thank you Dee for having me my pleasure and I will see you all next week if anything in this episode sparked a question for you please reach out to me on Instagram at Dee You're a legend and legends leave five-star reviews. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on What a Mouthful.